Welcome to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. Enjoy this new message from Pastor Brian Gibbs. Would you grab your Bibles this evening? I want you to go to 2 Timothy chapter 4. That's where we're going to begin. Thank you, Cody. 2 Timothy chapter 4. We're going to be focusing tonight upon today's culture and really the cultural battle of this age that is desiring to eliminate Christianity and eliminate the Bible and evidently try to eliminate God. How many of you know that is futile? I said, how many of you know that is futile? I need you to be with me tonight. I really need you to be with me. I am bringing a word to you um, that's going to be very intense tonight. I, I am under a conviction that... Um, most of the body of Christ think that they should be padded with a very nice, cute, pastoral sermonette in this hour. I want to tell you, there's a place for real pastoral words, but there's also a place for real prophetic word for this hour. God has called me to be a messenger, okay? And so when... when he rests on me and begins to move on me. Uh, there's no getting out of it for me. You need to know that. Uh, I'm in the grip of the Lord, so there's no getting out of it. There's no, there's no wiggle room for me to escape it. I have to carry the word of the Lord that he is telling me to carry. This is what we have to understand that as a messenger of the Lord, I am not just preaching to the faces that are sitting in front of me, although you are extremely valuable to the kingdom of God and the purposes of God in this hour, but I am also preaching and declaring to the very atmosphere of this city and of this region that we're going to have breakthrough and we're going to have victory. This is not a time where we need to be backing down or even contemplating retreat. This is a time where we've got to be very bold and very deliberate and take steps of wisdom and be strong as warriors in the Lord and as intercessors and as a voice for God. It is time for us to surge ahead. It's our time. Come on. Can I get an amen? I'm going to speak to you tonight, and I desire, I really desire for you to take notes. I desire for you to go back in this message and grab hold of things, and I guarantee I'm going to offend someone tonight. That is not, that is not my goal. That is not my goal, right? So stay with me tonight, all right? 2 Timothy chapter 2, I'm speaking to you tonight about the grave warning of socialism. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I pray that the anointing and the power of your word will rip through this place. I pray, Lord, that truth will be illuminated tonight as we open the scriptures, as we open our hearts. I pray, Lord, that we would be girded up as mighty soldiers I thank you, God, you are equipping your church. You are addressing us for battle. You are addressing us for battle in this hour. I pray that, Lord, we would stand at attention. I pray that we would give no room for falsehoods in the name of Jesus. Lord, that you would remove us up, that you would pluck us up out of any place of error or wrong thinking, that we would have clarity of mind, we would have clarity of thought, and it would, we would be illuminated and become a torch of your burning presence and understand the word and understand our authority and understand how to activate the power of your name and how to speak with authority and move in the anointing in this hour. I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Can we get one more shout of amen for the Lord tonight? Second Timothy chapter 4. I'm beginning to read in verse 2. I'm in the New King James Version. Preach the word. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince 
rebuke, exhort, watch this, with all long suffering and teaching. Paul is writing to his spiritual son, Timothy, the pastor now of the church of Ephesus. But yet he's writing prophetically to all generations the instruction that we're to follow. Be ready to preach the word. Be ready to bring conviction, bring rebuke and exhortation. That means to strengthen and to build up or to fortify. What is, what is Paul saying? He says, take this word and use the word of God as a pure standard. God wants to use you to become a standard bearer. I want you to see this as part of your anointing, part of your calling, part of your mantle that God has put on your life. You are a standard bearer in this generation that is drifting away from God. He's saying now, I want you to take this word, Timothy, and I want you to speak this word. And I want you to speak about the real issues of life in season, out of season. Speak about the real issues of life. I want you to speak strong, Timothy. I don't want you to be backwards about it. I want you to be strong. I don't want you to be, be intimidated. These are the words of a spiritual father. These are the words that we need to be harvesting in this hour. We need to hear the words. These are our mentors. The Apostle Paul is a mentor in your life. He's mentoring you tonight by the Spirit of God, saying, let the Word of God be your standard. Let the Word of God be your final authority with long-suffering. Oh, there's that L word, with long-suffering. It means that you are in a hostile culture. You're going to have to be able to stand and rebuke falsehood. You're going to have to be able to stand and rebuke error. So he said, take the word of God and preach it. Be convincing with it. Speak it with conviction. Verse 3, for the time is going to come when they're not going to endure sound doctrine. But according to their own desires, because they have itching ears. They're going to heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn away their ears from the truth. And they're going to be turned aside to fables. What's he saying? They're going to be out there teaching a bunch of silliness. They're going to be teaching a bunch of meaningless fluff when the hour is the most intense and urgent. They're going to be preaching nonsense that means nothing. But you, you be watchful in all things. You endure afflictions. Do the work of the evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. Now I'm going to read it to you out of the Passion. 2 Timothy chapter 2. I'm sorry, verse, chapter 4, verse 2. Proclaim the word. Stand on it no matter what. Rise to the occasion and preach when it is convenient and preach it when it's not. Preach in the full expression of the Holy Spirit with wisdom and with patience as you instruct and teach the people. For the time is coming when they will no longer listen or respond to the healing words of truth. But they'll become selfish and proud. They will seek out teachers with soothing words that line up with their, their own desires, saying just what they want to hear. Verse 4, are you with me? They will close their ears to the truth, and they'll believe nothing but fables and myths. So be alert to all these things and overcome every form of of evil and overcome every form of evil. You know, before I read on, 
Do you notice that when I preach to you, I take my time reading the word of God over you and preaching it to you with authority? Because we're amongst a generation that has their Bibles closed. That's why we're in such dilemma and peril right now. The word of God is the power of God. The Apostle Paul said, the word of God is the power of God. While people are looking for gold dust and feathers, you need the word of God. Carry it in your heart, the passion of your calling as a church planner and as an evangelist, and fulfill your ministry calling. I want you to write it down tonight. The word of God has to become my final authority. Can I get an amen? amen. We have to be people who are not yielding, who are not bending, who are not surrendering to the godless agenda that is being spawned upon us. Their demands, their opinion, the rebellion of man itself against God. A rebellion that wants to stamp out the very existence of God. To say that there's no such thing as God. There is a real evil. Ladies and gentlemen, hello. There is a real evil that we, we must defeat as the ecclesia that Christ is building. This giant must fall in America. The giant, the giant is a wicked and evil giant. It is called socialism that is leading us in to communism. We must defeat it. Say it tonight. We must defeat it. Say it again. We must defeat it. Where is socialism trying to take us? It's trying to take us literally to control every, every sector of your life. It wants to micromanage you, control you, manipulate you, dominate you. This thing is coming for the very soul of America. Now here's what we're finding. The enemy right now is not camouflaging who it really is anymore. Have you noticed that? Have you noticed that the enemy is no longer in hiding? I, I used to think that the vampires really only came out at night and trafficked at night. Now all you have to do is turn on your television and watch the news cycle and you can see the venom and you can see the fangs of the vampires all day long. Are you hearing me? They're coming out everywhere and it's not just in Washington, D.C. It's from state to state. It's all over from state to state, and it's moving fast. And where is it moving? It's moving in our education. It is moving with more restrictions. Now it's moving into our banking. It's moving into our food supplies. Are you hearing me? It's moving into our occupational demands. It's moving into the demand of a, of a, a vaccine passport. Now it's even moving into our travel that with the bill that is before the Senate right now on even taxing us on every mile that you will drive. That's, that's tucked inside the stimulus. Page 510 if you want to know. Page 509 and 510 if you want to do the research. But what is very scary is right now, these vampires are very open. They're very brazen. They are emboldened, and they believe they're going to win. They believe they're going to bulldoze the ecclesia. I've got news for them that the church that Jesus is building... There is an army that God is dressing for battle in this hour. Don't you pitch your tent in the land of hopelessness. God is dressing his church for battle. This is our finest hour. This is our watch. This is our time. Come on. You got to grab hold in faith, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not up here pom-pomming and high-kicking. 
This is not about hype. Don't be imagining me in that. <laughs> That's a poor sight. Jesus, take the wheel. <laughs> I thank God. I thank God for mighty warriors right now. People are emerging everywhere. Moms and dads are emerging everywhere in the fight. Warriors are ascending right now. Voices are being heard. Voices are rising up and saying, no, enough, no way. Uh, we're going we're gonna to stand and fight for our kids. We're going to stand and fight for our education. We're going to fight for our hospitals. We're going to fight for our doctors. We're going to fight for our nurses. Are you hearing me? We've got to be engaged in this battle. We've got to be ready and hungry to win. We have to bring down these giants. To my shock right now, to my shock, there is some kind of a blinding ignorance and a strong delusion that is upon millions of Americans right now. And I want to be very clear right now. I, I am not... I'm not here to curse the younger generation. What I want to say concerning about the younger generation is that this spirit of delusion has come upon them and it has duped them. But it is up to the ecclesia to rise now to make sure that we herald the truth so that we can bring them out of being duped and we can bring them into a place of ultimate deliverance by saying the truth. John 8 and 32, we know the words of Jesus very well. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. There is, there is a very strange appetite. There is an obsession with so, uh, socialism right now. There's an appetite for socialism. There's an atmosphere that has been created. And I want to tell you tonight, socialism is a death trap to our nation. And the reason that so many are hungry for it is because they don't understand history. They do not know the horror of socialism or, or fascism or communism and the horror of the literally uh, multiplied hundreds of millions of lives that it has destroyed throughout the earth. Socialism is the pathway to anarchy. I want you to write it down tonight. Socialism is the path to anarchy. There's an old saying that goes like this. It's, it's like a moth to a flame. Have you ever heard that statement before? All right, three of you. Have you ever heard that statement before? It's like a moth to a flame. What is that? It's describing someone's unswerving, self-destructive attraction. And that light draws in the moth to its own death, to its own demise. And there, there is a light. It is a false light, just like the enemy transforms himself into an angel of light. There is an illusion that is coming after this generation that is seducing them into a false light. And it's to their demise. Are you with me tonight? I know this is strong, but stay with me. Those that are under the deception or the delusion of socialism, they are driven by th these things. You want to write them down tonight. They're driven by this. There's an underlying motivation or a behavior that can usually be identified as, number one, control. Control. Number two, aggressive greed. Aggressive greed. Number three, lust. Number four, envy and covetousness. But one thing for sure, lastly, it is a spirit of entitlement. Did you grab hold of that? It's a spirit of entitlement. And right now, it's completely unhinged in the United States of America. Here's the deal. They want your stuff, and they're not taking no for an answer. Let me, let me just say it to you a little bit stronger. They're demanding your stuff. 
and they're not taking no for an answer. Are you with me tonight? Socialism demands equal outcomes, but we don't believe in that. Christians, in Christianity, we believe and we teach that equal opportunity is available for all to prosper. Did you see the difference? Socialism teaches equal outcomes. Christianity teaches equal opportunity to prosper. Now, I'm going to go deep on that in a little bit. But amazingly, around America, there are national polls. And, of course, these are driven by a wicked propaganda media as well. There are lots of polls right now saying that Americans are favorable to socialism, that many desire it. It's media-driven. It's education-driven. But when you study the roots of socialism, and many of you have, I know this is a well-versed congregation. I know this is a mature congregation. When you study the roots of socialism, you study Hegel, you study Karl Marx, you study Engel, you study Lenin and others, what you, def- what you discover is you see a pseudo-science or at its foundation, it is a God-hating ideology. Socialism at its very core is a God-hating ideology. And what happens is, when you see socialism for what it really is, then you remember the sobering warning and the words of Jesus. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. This agenda is coming to steal, kill, and destroy. They're demanding your stuff. That spirit of entitlement says that which is yours, that you have worked hard for, that which you labored for, that which you contended for, that which you believed for, is now have to be redistributed to all. Are you with me tonight? I'm telling you, we've got right now, we've got to beware of the wolves. Last year, last year, I remember this morning, my wife and I sat down one morning to watch Fox News. Wow, it's so quiet in here. I I was expecting someone to say, boo. We listened to four Christian ministers discussing socialism. I remember writing this down. One of the guests said, one of the Christian guests said with with great confidence, Jesus was a socialist for sure. Oh boy, oh boy, I came off of that couch. (laughs) I came off of that couch. Socialism is in direct opposition to the heart and the very core of Christianity. Socialism is based on godless, humanistic, and materialistic worldview. It is very dark. It is very sinister. It is demonic. In fact, its very origin, these men that I talked about, they were Satanists themselves and denied God. Now, according to an avowed socialist, Bernie Sanders, listen to what he said. He says, the greatest problem in the world is unequal distribution of wealth. Listen to that again. The greatest problem. The greatest problem. Hear this tonight. Are you still awake? The greatest problem in the world is unequal distribution of wealth. And what you find is that is the very core teaching of Hegel and Karl Marx. Wow. Bernie Sanders says this. He says, the issue of wealth the, and income inequality is the great moral issue of our time. It is the great economic issue of our time it is also the great political issue of our time see to socialists all they really care about is the material world all that really exists to them is the material world they don't believe in the unseen world they don't believe in an eternal God they don't believe you should ever bow down and worship a God in fact it's just like the core of Satanism itself you shall become your own God Are you hearing me tonight? Now, Karl Marx, he was the father. Y'all okay tonight? I really need to know. Y'all okay? 
Because sometimes, sometimes you can't really keep the sheep's attention unless you're talking about the Sea of Galilee or a leper or a demoniac. But when you try to start really talking about our times, people go to sleep. Oh, the, uh, the church is the one place that I wanted to escape from all of this stuff. I want to come and be refreshed. I don't want to have to deal with this. Preach the word. Be in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort. Talk about the things that really matter. Or you can go to other churches in this region that are going to be talking about the movies for the entire month of October. Sorry. Actually, I'm not. I'm not sorry. I'll tell you what, we got a problem. We got a real problem. It's amazing to me we're in the most urgent, critical hour that everything is at stake for the United States of America, but you got screwy churches so silly talking about worthless stuff in this hour. And they act like they're not even offending the Spirit of God. Where is our conviction, ladies and gentlemen? Where is our conviction? I tell you, it's amazing to me that people think they can just go about their business and go about church business and not even consult the Holy Ghost. Y'all going to walk out tonight? Just wondering. This is going to be, I'm wondering if that's going to be that night that, that I'm going to preach and everybody's going to leave me, you know, like Jesus. Mark will go out for a pizza. I mean, you console me. Encourage me, brother. Encourage me. Come on. Come on. Warriors are going to stay. See, to the socialists, listen, hear this tonight. To the socialists, the suffering of the world is caused because of the unequal distribution of your stuff. They believe that the salvation of the world comes to redistribution, re- redistribution of everything that you work hard to build. They want to take your stuff, folks. With zero acknowledgement, zero acknowledgement to spiritual issues because there's no recognition of a one true God. There's just an assumption that everyone has to be given equal stuff They've got to be given their fair share. You remember, that, you remember that delirious guy that you just saw in the White House leaning over his podium? You, you, you just got to pay your fair share. You know who I'm talking about? The imposter, JB? Okay, help, help your neighbor. Who's he talking about? Is that a baseball player? Who's, who is that? Okay, thank you very much. Help each other, friend. There's a core assumption in socialism that if we just move around all the moving parts and share it with everybody, somehow it's going to solve all the issues. But let me tell you what Christianity says. Christianity points to the Son of God as the centerpiece of salvation, healing, deliverance, and wholeness through the cross and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I'm here to tell you tonight, my friends, stuff doesn't save you. Stuff doesn't save you. Stuff is not going to meet your need. And evidently, because we're, we're in a generation that's so entitled and has such a raging appetite, they're going to take everybody's plate in front of us tonight. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Socialism does not promote integrity. Write it down. Socialism does not promote integrity, and it does not promote virtue. It actually does the opposite. It rewards the slothful. Socialism rewards the slothful. It rewards the lazy person. It takes what faithful working citizens, responsible citizens have done, and it literally robs them. 
of, of their inheritance and their work and gives it to the sloth. Interestingly enough, if you study Karl Marx, if you really study his life, what you discover is that he lived off of his wife and he lived off of his own kids and off of other people. He was miserable. Socialism is not Christian. I'm laying it down tonight. We're just dropping it. You going to be all right? Socialism is not Christian and Jesus was not a socialist. This is a big point. This is big tonight. Hear me tonight. Hear the Holy Spirit. It is not Christian to take the fruits and the reward of a diligent man who has labored hard. It is not Christian to steal it from him and give it to another. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 10. It's behind me tonight. Put it in your notes. The one who is unwilling to work shall not eat. Let's just lay it down tonight. Can we just lay it down? The one who is unwilling to work shall not eat. The Apostle Paul goes on in 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verse 8. He says the man who fails to provide for his family is worse than an unbeliever. Ladies and gentlemen, that's the Bible. That's not Brian. Don't be offended at me. I'm the messenger. That's the Bible. Even in the church, we find in the word of God, if you're going to take care of ministering to widows, did you know that there was a criteria for ministering to widows? Did you know even in Acts 4, when they gave all of their offerings and brought it to the apostles, did you know that they did it willingly? They did it out of a heart that wanted to give. There wasn't a stick up in the church. You know, it wasn't Peter, James, and John and said, let's go take what they've got and pour it into the treasury. Man, we can work this system and work it good. Are you hearing me? They willfully gave it. It wasn't stolen from the people. It was willfully given. Because when we give, when we're generous, we look like God. And you're supposed to look like God. God's people are generous. When you work hard, when you sweat and you work hard, and you, you are diligent and you love your work, and when you get the reward of your work, there is such a blessing to be able to take some of that and then sow that right into somebody else's victory. There's such a blessing in it. There's power in it. God loves it when we're generous. Hallelujah. Y'all still with me? <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> you can write it down tonight. Socialism doesn't reward the responsible. It doesn't reward the working or the virtuous, right? It rewards the lazy. It rewards the irresponsible by stealing and taking it. You know, I seem to remember a commandment that actually said in Exodus chapter 20 and verse 15, thou shalt not steal. Can I get an amen? amen. I mean, can we use the Old Testament in 2021? Is it still applicable? Okay, five people. Is, is it still applicable? He said, thou shall not steal. Then he went on. He said, number 10 was, you shall not covet. Exodus uh, chapter 20, verse 17. Christianity does not endorse stealing. That's just so simple. It's not deep, but it goes to the core. Christianity is, does not endorse stealing. Remember the commandment. Do not steal. Now, when you say this to the socialist, that doesn't mean very much to them. Why? Because the socialist doesn't believe in private property. Well, you can't call it stealing because it's really not your private property. It's for you to share. Your privacy is not yours anymore. Your property's not yours anymore. It's for everybody. Are you hearing what I'm saying tonight? Come on, are you hearing what I'm saying? But what's interesting is evidently God believes in private property. God believes in private property so much that he said, you better not covet and you better not be envious of what another person has. 
you better not covet somebody else's wife. You better not covet somebody else's husband. Why? That's their personal property, and they're in a covenant. And don't you dare touch it or mess with it. He said, you shall not steal. You shall not steal. Evidently, evidently, God believes in your personal right to your stuff for you to enjoy it. It's the blessing of God on your life. It's yours. And no one else needs to be putting their hand into your cookie jar. That's deep. That's in 2 Hebrews. No. <laughs> it's amazing. I... When I was thinking about covetousness and what it does, the envy, the envy that boils up on the inside of people. We, we have Bible that warns us of the great danger of the boiling over of lusting for something that is not ours. We could talk the rest of the night about Israel's King David and what he went through with Uriah and Bathsheba itself. It came out of a boiling over of envy, of covetousness. That's why one of the very Ten Commandments is don't be coveting after someone else's wife. Hello. It's down to the nitty-gritty. Have you ever noticed that socialism always demonized the wealthy? guys are kind of quiet. It always demonizes the rich. Why is it that they're always trying to overthrow the wealthy? Think about this. Because there is a mentality. There is a spirit of entitlement that always will end up manifesting in envy and jealousy. That is why they want to tear down the rich. Yes, there's lots to be said about the greed that is wrapped up on the inside of capitalism that God wants to burn out by his fire. But you better believe there is a gross injustice and evil on the other side that is burning with entitlement that they will demand your stuff. It's envy. It's covetousness, ladies and gentlemen. That's why they hate the rich. Good getting amen. What does it mean to covet? It means to desire or to be envious of what belongs to another. I'm going to keep going tonight. A few, a few more rounds. I'm, I'm, I'm rounding second base. Am I doing okay? Let's just take a commercial break. I'm going to take a swig of water and you can fix your notes. Bernie Sanders once wrote this on his Facebook page. You can go back and find it. He still has a Facebook page. Of course, Donald Trump doesn't, but Bernie, Bernie does. You can find this. Can you feel the burn? I heard that back there. I don't know who said that. I see you, Ken. Can you feel the burn? <laughs> Bernie once posted on his Facebook page, listen to what he said. He said, let us wage, let us wage a moral and political war against the billionaires and the corporate leaders on Wall Street and everywhere else whose policies and greed are destroying the middle class of America. That, he literally took that strategy right out of the communist manifesto written by Karl Marx. Literally. This is demonic. Karl Marx viewed history through the lens of class warfare. That's why the enemy so, so fights against unity. He's always trying. Did you hear what I said? The enemy so fights against. This is a big deal even in the church. It's one of the things that the enemy tries to pull us apart, one another, that we're in some class of warfare. Oh, my God, that, that you know, Philip and Susie are so spiritual. They're spiritual giants. They're, they're in another realm and class. I, I don't even know if I want to walk up and shake their hand or, or talk to them. Or, or I can't talk to Josiah. He's the pastor's son. Oh, dear God. He's got a tattoo, so I think I can approach him. And so... 
You know, it's crazy. It's crazy you get in church. There's this political weird atmosphere that the enemy wants to sever and get, or that the Lord wants to sever and burn it out with the spirit. We're not in different classes, ladies and gentlemen. We've been raised up, seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We have privileges as co-heirs with Christ Jesus. I'm thirsty. <laughs> he said, let's advocate for overthrowing the ruling class. When I thought about this, this sounds so familiar. It sounded like a page right out of Gotham City. Worst nightmare. The nemesis of Batman. The Joker. I know this is deep. This is deep. I mean, I can tell you about the Joker in Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek tonight. But the Joker was always looking to introduce a little bit of anarchy. And I'm telling you, this is the way to do it. Steal what's theirs, right? Burn it all down. It belongs to everybody else. If you want to know what anarchy looks like, Friedrich Engels co-authored the Communistic Manifesto with Karl Marx. And this is what he wrote, and I quote. This is what he said. Now listen very good, because I'm coming to a close quick. Watch this. He envisioned a society where the single family ceases to be the economic unit of society. Number two, that private housekeeping would be transformed into social industry. Number three, the care, hear this, the care and the education of children becomes a public affair. Do you see the evil intent for control and domination in this? This is why there are warriors right now on a city level, a state level, and national level that's rising up against this agenda and the spirit that is seeking to destroy. The foundation of our faith the way the Lord built things is at the family. The family is the foundation. The family is the design that God established for a healthy, life-giving society. The plan that Ingalls and, and Marx gave, they gave the plan for social engineering so that they could destroy the core and the, the ultimate divine purpose of the family to control and manipulate let me add to this. This is specifically why the LGBTQ, boy, you got to hear this. They're aggressively fighting right now to remove any level of accountability between families and children in the public school. Why are they doing it? Oh, my gosh. Why are they doing it? Because they want to be able to practice their demonic arts on our kids. They want to put our kids... In a compromising situation, they want to put our girls into a locker room with boys. They want to put our boys into a, a locker room with girls. They want to create dangerous, compromising atmospheres. I'll tell you why do they want to do this. Because they want their pedophile teachers to be able to go into our schools and do whatever they want to do to our kids. You have your thinking cap on tonight. This is exactly what Black Lives Matters has been after all along. They're very, I've said this many times before. This is not new information. Their very founders are Marxists. All you had to do was do the research. They were after this all along. And we had, we had such a blindness, spiritual blindness in the church where churches were out, Christians were out marching with BLM, acting like they were part of the solution. And all the while, they want to indoctrinate our kids with filth. And God is calling on us to stand and rise and speak and not back down.
The enemy will tell you it's not worth the price. It's not worth the cost. It's not worth your time. They're never going to hear you. They're never going to hear you. You're not going to make a difference. You need to take authority over his lies and bind it up and say, we're going to win over this. You can look at a huge list of Democrats. I mean, it doesn't matter who it is. The squad, Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders, Kamala Harris, Nancy Pelosi, just to name a few of the rotten ones out there. They have all called for a revolution in child care. They've called for a revolution in child care. For the government to provide early child care education beginning with children as young as six weeks old. Six weeks old. And right along that progressive noose, these are the ones that are the staunch supporters of gay marriage. Now, gay marriage... This is some intense stuff because when it comes to communism, when it comes to Marxism, when it comes to socialism, this is what they believe. They believe that gay marriage is the communist Trojan horse, that they're going to be able to secure the takedown of traditional marriage through the LGBTQ. You got to understand, guys, this is a demonic strategy. They're trying to dismantle everything that the word of God has established and says this is what God dreamt about. This is what God blesses. This is where God commands the blessing of the Lord upon the family. But yet they stand opposed because they don't believe in God. We're an absolute joke to them. Stay with me tonight. There's a, there's, a, there's a strong sector of millennials, and they desire the so-called compassion of socialism over capitalism. They argue their indifference for the needs of all the people, especially the bottom rung of the economic ladder. Everybody in here has great frustration with where we're at. I have my own frustrations, but this is what I wonder tonight. Here's what I wonder, and I want you to think about it, maybe take some notes. I wonder if the millennials, and I wonder if older Americans who are presently attracted to all that is free, all that is free, you know, everything's free now, right? I wonder if those who are attracted to all that is free, if they would be willing to accept communism. Because if you accept communism, this is what you're going to get. You ready? The denial of free speech. You're going to get no free press. Are you with me? You're going to get no free assembly. You're going to get no private property. You're going to get no privacy whatsoever. You're going to get the imprisonment and the often execution of all dissidents. You're going to get no open elections. You're going to get no independent judiciary of the rule of law. What is this? It's all the dictatorship of the Communist Party. And everything that I just described right there in the present of 2021 is right now going on in Cuba, China, North Korea, Vietnam, Laos, Nicaragua, and a lot of other nations right now. Yes, socialists, they, they like to say, well, socialism has never failed because it was never tried. No, it, it's actually the exact opposite. Everywhere it has been tried, it has failed. Everywhere. Joe Biden, oh, Joe Biden and all his wildly insane progressives, they are continuing to run America into a very grave and gross darkness. The consequence of this stolen election and this present coup that we are under, let's just call it very straight. Let's just say the truth and say exactly what it is. The consequence of this has been completely overwhelming. Pastoring in this hour has a ton of turbulence. People are, their lives are being turned upside down. Ministries, ministers 
lives are being completely turned upside down. Guys, the consequence is overwhelming what is happening. Yet, yet, I still believe that in the great mercy and grace of God, there is going to come the hour of full exposure and righteous retribution and the justice and the judgment of God. You may call me crazy. It won't be the first time. But I believe. I believe. And I'm going to say it again. And I say it to all of you in prayer all the time. There, there is no way in the world that God would have gotten his ecclesia pregnant with the prayers that we have been carrying and decreeing and declaring to lead us to a dead end. God is going to answer our prayers, and he's, he's answering our prayers right now. He is not delayed. He is on time. God is on time. Hear this. He's on time. He's on time. God is on time. And he's moving still in our prayers. In the whirlwind of night and day, day and night, night and day, intercession as we have been before him. In these years of battle, these years of the crucible, for the very soul of our nation, God has not forgotten America. God is not done with America. He's not done. He's not done with his church. He's not done with you, with me. This is a wake-up hour. This is a wake-up hour. What, what was decreed tonight in our worship that prophetic word. It's time to wake up. It's time to wake up. It's time to prepare. It's time to ready yourself. Awake, O oh sleeper. Awake, O oh sleeper. Younger Americans, they celebrate the promise of universal health care and free education while brushing aside all the proposals of mega, mega trillion dollar price tags because they believe it's all free, right? It's all free. They don't have to pay for it. Really, when you get down to it, it's just they're saying this. You're not going to make me sacrifice and work for it. But God still has a people that's willing to work for it. I'm going to say that again. God still has a people that's Willing to work for this. God has a people that's willing to pray for this. God has a people that are willing to fight for this. This generation must be delivered from a spirit of entitlement. I'm going to say this again. I said this at the front of the train. We're dealing with a generation that has been duped. That has been duped. But you know what sets you free? You shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. There has to be the deliverance that comes through the truth. That delivers people out of bondage. And I'm about to close. We have to teach our children. Ladies and gentlemen, we have to teach our children. We have to teach this emerging generation that they have to live responsible. Oh, there's that scary R word. You have to live responsible. You've got to own it. Come on, you got to own it. You got to live responsible. You've got to honor God. You've got to teach your children and your grandchildren to honor God and that working hard honors God. Working hard honors God. God desires all of us to have the same opportunities, to be blessed, to be prosperous. God's not just wanting to pour out his spirit and sprinkle blessing on just a few dozen in this church. He's wanting every one of us to come under the canopy of his glorious prosperity and the outpouring of his spirit that no one is left out.
want to thunder tonight President Trump's words out of the 2020 State of the Union address. My wife and I were at the White House while he was penning these words. We were there with a group of intercessors and believers through that night at the White House as he was preparing for the State of the Union address and then went there and thundered. Go back and watch that powerful speech. I believe it is still prophetic and it is still hanging in the air over this nation. This one thing he said, he said, tonight I declare America will never be socialist. I'm not losing hope. I'm not throwing in my faith, casting my faith, my hope, no way. I've got one more scripture for you to close. I'm in Deuteronomy tonight. Deuteronomy chapter 6, if you'll go there with me. Have I done you okay tonight? Everything good? Deuteronomy chapter 6. And this is what Moses taught them. He was recapping everything. In verse 1, he said, now, this is the commandment, and all of these are the statutes and the judgments which the Lord your God has commanded you to teach you, that you may observe them in the land which you are crossing over to possess, that you may fear the Lord your God to keep all of his statutes and his commandments, which I command you. You and your sons and your grandsons all the days of your life and that your days may be prolonged. Therefore, hear, O Israel, and I'll say tonight, oh, hear America and be careful to observe it, that it may be well with you and that you may multiply greatly as the Lord your God, as the Lord God of your fathers has promised you a land flowing with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, hear, O America. The Lord your God, the Lord is one. You shall serve the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your strength. And these words which I command you today, they shall be in your heart, and you shall teach them diligently to your children, that they shall talk about them when you sit at your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. And you're going to bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be in the frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and of your gates. I call out to America I call out to the church, guys, it is time to heed the word of the Lord. It is time to honor the Lord. It is time to fear the Lord, our God. It is time to continue to burn an intercession to call America back to God. It is not over. May I encourage you. I, I pray I encourage you by the anointing of the Holy Ghost tonight. It is not over. It is not over. Do not cast away your confidence tonight. Do not cast away your faith or your hope. It is not over. We are heading into the greatest battles, but the greatest victories and the greatest triumphs. I'd like you to stand to your feet if you would. Cody, come and join me. Lord, we want to honor your presence tonight. And I thank you for the shout of the king that is in our midst this night. The shout of the king. The radiance of the king's face that is upon us tonight. The sound of heaven, Lord, that was bursting through these hearts tonight, God. Tonight we speak and declare freedom and liberty to the United States of America. 
Tonight, Lord, we cry out and pray for the deliverance of souls. That you would deliver us, Lord, out of bondage, out of tyranny. That you would deliver us from tyranny, from hatred, oh God. Their heads are bowed tonight. I just I want to pray for everybody in here. I don't I don't know everybody in this room, and I don't want to assume that everybody is in the right place that they need to be with the Lord tonight. Today is the day of salvation, my friend. I'm telling you, today, today, do not linger, do not wait. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day to give your heart and your life and your purpose and your destiny, and your eternity to the Lord Jesus Christ. Tonight is that night. We have been praying for everyone that would come tonight to this gathering. And we have been praying earnestly that anyone that came into this gathering that was not right with the Lord or didn't know the Lord, that tonight they would receive Jesus Christ as their King, as their Lord, as their Savior. He loves you. Oh, he loves you. Tonight, if you would say, yeah, Brian, that is me. That is me. And I know, I know I must come back and I must return to the Lord. Or I want to make Jesus Christ my Lord and my Savior tonight. If that is you, I want you to just lift your hand and wave at me so that I know who we want to pray for tonight. I don't want to embarrass you in any way, but I want you to be bold. If that's you, I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand. Thank you, Lord. Are there others? Are there others? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I want you to just reach your hands to heaven because that's where your help comes from, every one of us tonight. And I want to pray with and for these that said, Lord, I'm returning, I'm returning, I'm coming to you. Let's pray this tonight. Father God, I come to you in Jesus' name. I humble myself before you. I repent of my sins. I repent for running from you. Tonight I break my allegiance with the enemy. And I commit my heart to you, Jesus. I make you the Lord of my life. I believe that you are the King and my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. That I may live for you the rest of my life. Jesus name Amen Lord I thank you tonight that you wash away sin that you purge sin I thank you Lord for my three friends tonight that lifted their hand I want to speak to you those that lifted your hand in just a moment we're about to release our altar team in just moments Those of you that lifted your hand, I want you to come forward in just a few minutes when the team comes. And I want you to tell them that you rededicated your life to the Lord or you committed your life to the Lord this night. We have a gift for you. We have a brand new Bible for you. We want to sow that into your life tonight. Tonight, the Lord wants to do additional things. He wants to release healing and miracles. Amen. Hey, is God still healing in 2021? Is he still good? Is he still good? Does he still really deliver in 2021? Some of you really need a breakthrough tonight. We want to pray with you. We want to come into agreement with you. We want to pray the prayer of faith over you tonight. God's going to use our, our ministry team. I want our ministry team to go ahead and come. Come into the altars, prepare yourselves, and then we're going to open in just a moment. Guys, this has been a powerful night, but God is not done. Hasn't this been a powerful night? 
Oh my gosh, it's been a powerful night. I like to say this, the meeting never really ends. The lights are going to go off. They're going to adjust the air conditioning. There's going to be church here in the morning. But the, really, the meeting never ends because the fire of God never sleeps. Tonight, you can go on and on with the Lord. Tonight, even as you're at home with the Lord. You can sit out on, under the stars on your lanai, out by the pool. Enjoy the Lord. Just be with the Lord. Talk to the Lord. Open the word. Open some good coffee. Spend some quality time with the Lord. Keep the fire burning. Lord, I pray for those that are about to come, that are about to receive prayer tonight. I pray that healing, healing flows here. That the virtue of Jesus flows here. Lord, as we lay hands upon many, as we impart wisdom and counsel, Lord, as we pray the prayer of agreement, that the power of the Holy Spirit be released tonight. I pray that, Lord, there is, there is anointing that is released through our hands and through our words tonight. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. For those of you that need prayer for any, any reason tonight, I want you to come. For those of you that gave or rededicated your life to the Lord, I want you to come too. Let, let the team know so that we can bless you tonight. God bless you all. We bless you. Those of you online, we love you. Thank you for being with us. I mean it. We love you. And we bless you. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for sowing into the ministry. And you can give always at victoryfla.com. We thank God for you and we bless you. Good night. Thank you for listening to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. For more information, go to our website at victoryfla.com or download the Victory FLA app.